Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. We're getting ready for another football weekend. And, you know, we got Thursday night football, but the person I have with me, I had him on before. And for those of you watching on uh, Facebook Live and our other video feeds, he played with my beloved team, the San Francisco 49ers. This is Super Bowl champion Lee Woodall, and he joins me right now. How are you, my man? Good to yeah. have you back. Good. Thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. I always love being on your show. You know, you got the greatest show on the, in the world right now. You're rolling. I really <laughs> love being on here with you. I appreciate it. What a big win for the 49ers last Sunday night. You want to oh, talk about man. something that they needed. This is it. <laughs> they needed it. Yeah, they, they really did. And to come out and, and to beat a team that was being showing really that they were on the road to be a great to be a great team. I mean, the season's just started. But when you really take a look at this whole thing, it's been an up and down season trying to figure it out. Of course, Kansas City is playing well. Yep. But if you really look at some of the powerhouses that we didn't expect to be the powerhouses or now being the powerhouse. But it's just been a lot to deal with. As we talked earlier, you know, it's a lot to deal with the COVID going on and everything else that's a factor. Those are big things that they're taking on. But we're having up and down season. We had injuries starting early. You know, we yeah. say get those injuries out the way early. Yep. Don't worry about them later on because, you know, once we get healthy and we're rolling, you know, we're, we're coming right back for you. And this is what I've said throughout the course of the year. You know, people want to point to Super Bowl hangover. Not so fast. When you're decimated with injuries, like the 49ers have been two of the last three years, I say I'd rather get them out of the way now <laughs> than to deal with them in December and January and part of November like we had last year. Right. This is the test of the 49ers and a testament to the 49ers the last uh, year plus. They play through everything. Yes. And they play to they're playing to get in deep into January yes. and we're going to lose most of it for a few weeks uh, with a high ankle sprain, but we got others in, in the stable. Jimmy Garoppolo looked terrific last Sunday and he kind of looked like his old self, but at the same time, we still got to remember he's coming off of a high ankle sprain and right. he's coming, he'll still coming off of an ACL injury uh, two years ago. Yeah, and that's a factor. You know, when you take a look at that ACL, you take a look at that high ankle sprains, those are things that they probably expected. You know, when you do the data and you do the analytics behind everything, you expect some of those things to happen. Hey, he's coming off an ACL. He probably could well get an ankle sprain or something probably. He'll probably be a little bit ginger watching how he throws, watching how people land on him. You know, football is going to have injuries. You're going to recover for them. And sometimes when guys take that week off, they rejuvenate their minds. They rejuvenate what they do. They go back and they look at plays and look at where they could have been better. And I think that's what Jimmy did. I think Jimmy really went back and studied the film of what he was doing and said, you know what? I led this team to the Super Bowl. This time I want to lead them the same way. And this time maybe we can get into the Super Bowl and have a win. But I think what he did, he went back to look at film to readjust what he was doing also to be able to pick up little feelings that, you know, okay, maybe I should run, maybe I should slide, maybe I should do something different, but I know he went back and looked at film and you could tell that he did that, especially the opponent that he was facing, you know, they were coming in high and mighty. Like, mm -hmm. and we used to call them, I hate to say it, but we used to call them same old Rams, but same old you know, Rams. they've changed that now. If you really look at it, they completely mm -hmm. changed it. They're, they're humming on every cylinder you can name. They remind me of, if you look at it, it's like Kansas City and, and, and all of a sudden you got the Rams. 
winning so much. And then you got Pittsburgh coming out. Right. I know. I mean, I'm like, what? So it's just a different season this year, and we're just adjusting with it. And hopefully we can get enough to get into those playoffs and go on to the going to the championships this time seven teams get in the playoffs instead of just six so that one extra that one extra spot could mean a lot for the 49ers going forward if you look across three different eras of the 49ers it was a quarterback and a running back and a receiver combination uh the the version of the triplets as was made famous by the cowboys in the 80s you had montana rice and then craig craig the running back in the 90s, Steve Young, Ricky Waters, and Jerry Rice was still there. Jerry right. Rice and John Taylor were still there. Now look at this team. Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert is becoming the feature back. Yep. And the big receiver, aside of Kittle, is Debo Samuel. And Samuel has been a godsend since he came back into the lineup. He has been. You know, and those are the things when you really take a look at it, man. It's really looking at the maturity of the team and looking how guys are maturing. I mean, I think that COVID actually is making people more focused because you're not as focused on everything else that could be a distraction through right. the season. You know, you could be hanging out, you could be doing different things, all these other things about business and everything else can be on your mind. But really what they're doing, they're saying, this is a time for you to really concentrate and home in on your profession and get to know who you are, your teammates are, and start really gelling together and, and look at what they're doing. They're coming out on fire and they're dealing with the injuries. We dealt with that last year, how we yeah. deal with the injuries, bounce back. But one thing I can say about the 49ers, and it's not just because I'm a 49er fan, but if you really look at it, they actually start drafting for guys for that can come in and step right in but yep. they 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 develop them they're looking at to develop them they're they're saying hey you may we'll let you get by this first year but we're looking to develop you so you can get really in and we can use you for the years to come and you can really be a staple of staying on the team and not being where all of a sudden you got 20 guys being traded across the board and and it changes the dynamics of the team but you know if we really look at it they've been gelling and now once they come back from those injuries it's going to be sweet toward the end yeah like you said you want to get those injuries out the way pretty soon don't wait till later on in the season how big has George Kittle been to not just this offense but this team oh he's been inspirational if you really take a look at it a leader so that's the first thing you know when you have a leader uh, people will follow He's been very inspirational because guess what? He's overcome some injuries himself. But when you look at that, he's coming back out and he's fighting. And that's what you want to see. When you see that dog fight in your teammate, it, it spreads like wildfire. It's like, you know, this guy is coming out. He's went through injuries mentally. He's physically, he's putting on, he's hitting on every cylinder. And when you see that, that begins to trickle down to your teammates. And I can tell you one thing, I've watched them practice in the way that they practice this high intense, they're having fun, they're enjoying the game, the way it should be enjoyed and they're having fun. And let's talk about that defense. That defense seems to be humming right on. And yep. you know, defense wins championships. I know people don't like to say that because they want to see the offense score a lot of points. But, yes, but it's true, but happens. it's true though. The defense, 
really helped get the 49ers to Miami last yes. year and, and, and the Super Bowl. Now we lost Bosa and Solomon Thomas for the rest of the year, but yes. that game they played against the Rams, the next man up mentality really showed out. And after Kyle Shanahan called them out to inspire them, they played mm -hmm. a great game. But I want to talk about the offensive line last Sunday against the Rams. The Rams came in talking a lot, especially Aaron Donald. They didn't touch Garoppolo last Sunday night. Exactly. And that was the key. Whenever you send that message across board, because you, that's, you know, that's what they're saying. Where is their weak spot? The, 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 for defense, what you're supposed to find is where's that weak spot, especially in linemen. If you can get him to hold the ball for three, four, five seconds, that's a sack. We yep. all know that. That's yep. what's going on. But this week, they seem to be homed in. They knew. Now, you know, when your quarterback comes off for an injury, you better protect them. Yes. And guess what? If you're not the guy to protect them, you might be replaced for the next week because everybody knows that it started getting into that critical situation where Guabalo was hurt, but then you had a backup who came in, won a couple games, got into the, the game, and then you started seeing where it started to a little bit of change. And then when you have that, it breaks the cylinder of the offense and everything else up. So what they said is you better protect him and you better know that he's going to be the reason why we're going to get to where we got to get to. So we got to protect him on all ring, on all levels. So what they did, they came out, they understood what they were going to be up against. Of course, they were going to come up against some force and they were going to test him. As a defensive player, quarterback comes off an injury, let me tell you, we are homing in. We said, yep. we can get him out. We're going to put the back up in. We're coming with a sure win. And I know that's what the Rams were thinking. But then the offensive line showed up, and they showed up like a championship team. And they're going to need to show up because <clears throat> we go to New England next weekend to uh, get, a, get a glimpse of Cam Newton. But yeah. it, it, ain't the same, it ain't the same Cam Newton because New England has offensive line troubles. They have troubles in protecting him. And for the nine years I've seen Cam Newton – Terrific athlete, but we right. really haven't seen consistently the throwing aspect of Cam Newton. And Robert Sala has got to be licking his chops to test his defense against a mobile quarterback like Cam Newton. Oh, yeah. Let me tell you something. One thing I will tell you, they're going to test him, and here's why. Because if you really have studied Cam Newton, right, if you blitz him a lot and you throw him off and you get to him, he has to do his reads a lot faster. Yep. And what we found is that his reads, when he, when he get pressure on him, he's not reading as fast. He's looking to bail. He's looking to get out. But when you have a coach now from New England, what happens in there, he says, I've had a pocket quarterback. I've had a quarterback that could execute standing back here. So it's trying to get Cam into that mode to where he's able to read, he's able to recognize, and when the blitz come, he doesn't get shaken. And you know, you've seen that when he was at Carolina, of course, he would get shaken once the teams started blitzing him a lot because they knew they had to make him think a lot faster on yep. his feet and be able to make the adjustments. I think that the 49ers are going in thinking that, that he's still that same Cam Newton that has to be able to read. You're with the new offense, you're with the new team, and now your reading has to come in as early in the season. So it would be the greatest time to go after him, to shake him, but also playing 
in that consistent where you don't overplay him because once he gets out and runs, he's a dangerous factor. He now becomes a running back that's now dangerous. And this is practice for us seeing Russell Wilson twice. We got to see Kyler Murray again. It's it's like they're getting practice right now. And Kyler Murray burned us in the first week. Oh, but yeah. at the same time, a three and three record, I'll take dealing with all the injuries, knowing that a couple scores here and there, and we didn't leave points on the table, the 49ers as beat up as they are could easily be six and zero. Oh, but play yeah. the cards that you have. But you play the cards that you have been dealt. Now I have been a champion of a cause when it comes to my 49ers, yeah. and the cause is this. And in the form of a question, why isn't Roger Craig in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Let me tell you something. The Hall of Fame is the Hall of Fame. They do the things that they want to do accordingly to how their rules and regulations and what they think. Yes, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, if it goes back, you look back at T.O. and you look back at the people that deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. I think that he will be there. I really believe that, that he will be there. I think that when you start dealing across the league and they start looking at how many guys that played in his position or getting yep. in and differences and all this other stuff that goes into this whole factor, the analytics of how people feel, how they think about this, how they see who was a factor, who wasn't a factor, what's the hottest ticket this, this year, yep. what's not. Yep. So basically a lot of these things go into factor of choosing the Hall of Fame. Look, let me tell you something. He's a Hall of Fame guy already. He mm -hmm. is. He's truly a Hall of Fame guy and he will be there. And you know what, when he gets there, let me tell you something, it will be well-deserved or he will appreciate it. He will love it. But it's just that patience where you don't want to get into, well, they didn't pick me this year. You don't right. want to get into those type of things. You want to be the classy guy, the classy person that he's always been because he is a Hall of Famer. And even if he's a Hall of Famer, he's a Hall of Famer to a lot of people. Yes. See, Hall of Fame is not just you getting on a stage. Hall of Fame starts with you in your mindset. He knows what he's done. He doesn't have to go back on the field to prove anything. He doesn't nope. even have to be verbal about it. His, nope. It speaks for itself. And let me tell you something. I wouldn't be surprised that he ends up being in there the following year. Trust when, me on that. When he does get there, my wife and I are going to fly out to hear his speech because oh, yeah. I have been the biggest fan of Roger Craig since yeah. he joined the 49ers in 1983. I, exactly. I, I can't say how big of a fan I am, not just of him, but of John Taylor, Jerry oh, Rice's running yeah. mate for many, for, for many years. What a lot of people don't realize about JT, John Taylor was a punt returner when he got drafted by San Francisco. Yeah. But when you have two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, it's easy to figure out the, the, the routes that, they, that uh, you're going to run. And when you're right. playing opposite the greatest receiver to ever play the game, and right. Jerry Rice, right. you're going to get overshadowed. And I understand that. At the same time, John Taylor's the only receiver in history to catch not one, but two 90-yard passes, yes. touchdown passes, in the yep. same game. He did that in 89 against the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. Taylor is due. Craig is due. But yep. like you said, to all of us in the 49er empire, they're already Hall of Famers. That's right. And guess what? The 49ers have their own Hall of Fame, too. So, yep. you know, I would be the Hall of Fame on my uh, with my team, even if I didn't get the Hall of Fame with with the, with the big, you know, on the stage in Canton and everything else. But you could be the Hall of Fame on your team. You know, teams started making their own Hall of Fame guys yep. retiring their jerseys. Let me tell you something. The two guys that you named with John Taylor. Take a look at this. John Taylor actually helped with Jerry Rice. 
because yes. when Jerry would get double, John was making moves and being open. And then you had Dwight Clark and you had everybody on that team. So you had a dream team, of course. Mm -hmm. But even though John Taylor seemed like he got looked over, this guy actually played his role and did not say one thing and enjoyed the NFL. He actually, did. he had the greatest time. I remember playing with him. I would actually watch this guy do punt returns. He would be back there like he was just taking a day off, chilling, relaxing. And all of a sudden, he catches the ball and he's gone. His <laughs> speed was phenomenal. Yeah, I'm telling you, his speed was phenomenal. His routes were phenomenal. And he and, and, and Jerry both, it was a balance. You didn't, trust me, when you went into those games, you not only prepare for Jerry, but you prepare for John. And that was the factor. Could you, if you didn't prepare, if Jerry didn't show up that day, John Taylor was showing up that day. Just like you said, 290 yards, come on. you That's hard to do. On a Monday night game. Exactly. On a Monday night game, and one of the few games where Jerry was the decoy, because a couple of times in that game, if anybody watched it, uh, Montana missed Rice a couple of times and Rice was open, but then John Taylor catches 11 passes for 289 yards yeah. and everybody's looking at the stats going, wait a minute, Jerry Rice didn't do anything. And then you look down the stat sheet and you go, why is John Taylor having 289 yards? Then you go back and look at the footage. Oh yeah, yeah. he caught 290 yarders. That would explain <laughs> that. Exactly. He, he, I just don't like the fact, and you you share this feeling with me that he gets looked over by a lot of big wigs because because of Jerry Rice. But you know something, John Taylor, Roger Craig, you could put Brent Jones in the conversation. Oh, you could yeah. put offensive yeah. lineman Jesse Sapolu, Steve oh, Wallace, yes. yes, all in that combination. And you played with most of these guys in 1994. Yes. You could put them all in that conversation that they all deserve their spot in Canton, but they all have their spot now in San Francisco in the San Francisco Hall of Fame. Right. And the thing you got to think about, let's take John Taylor off of the 49ers and put him on another team. <laughs> John Taylor becomes the Jerry Rice. Easy. Believe it or not. Easy. If you put John Taylor with, guess who? Indianapolis, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, Indianapolis had the, the best receivers coming out. The Rams had the good, great receivers. Yep. You put John Taylor on any of those teams, it changes the dynamics. Now it it's John Taylor. Now you're talking about preparing for John Taylor because I really truly believe that John Taylor actually could run the same routes that Jerry ran and could do the same things. It's just, you had two dynamic guys on the same field and one knew how to play his role and knew this was gonna be the guy that was gonna make the ticket, that was gonna be the guy and John Taylor played his role. And you know what? One thing you'll notice about him, he never said a mumbling word nope. about it. He nope. never got upset about it. He never was in the media about it. And guess what? He's one of the best receivers out there. If you look at him route running, if you look at his speed, if you look at, he had the full credentials to be the great player in which he was. And he got Super Bowls. So yes. he's happy with that. And he's doing well right now in life. The thing is, is that this guy, yes, he was a sleeper. Yes, you would call him a sleeper, but he played his role. And now you see that today where guys are learning to play their role. They play their role, learn to play your role. Yep. You know, because we've seen what happened when you don't play your role, when you get all upset and we're not going to call any names, when you showcase and do all that stuff right. and you get mad. We've seen that doesn't work with the NFL. Yep. That doesn't work. 
They're yeah. looking for role players. They're looking for people who were coming out. And the main thing they're looking for is wins because the wins take you to the next level. Then it takes you to the championship. Then it takes you to the Super Bowl. So yes. when you have that and you understand your team on your role, it's like in business, right? If you're in business, you want that person, that CEO to play his role. Because if he doesn't, you're going to lose. So if the CEO wants to be the boss, actually your business is going to fail. So basically that's what it is on the football field. It's yep. all about business. Everybody playing their part. And what you said right there, people playing their part. I've had to push the buttons for my show for so many years. And then my wife showed up two years ago and said, you let me take the business side of this. You stay in your lane and you do your production and right. I'll do the business side of it. Right. And it seemed like a weight was lifted off my back. Right. So and then the guys with Transform You Media that are streaming the show right now, Marcus Hart, my producer, they lifted another weight off of my back. So the team's really, really coming together. I'll never forget what you said the last time I had you on. 94, the 49ers go all the way. They win the Super Bowl. And a lot of guys were excited. And you're just like, can I go home and rest now? <laughs> Of course. And so I shared I that. I shared that with my I shared that with my wife and she starts cracking up and I'm cracking up and I'm thinking, I know how these guys feel. I've been around football players for 25 years. I know how they feel when they are when they win the championship and they're just so beat right. when the season is over. Right. <laughs> It's very true. I'm telling you, I came from Division Two. I was yep. a Division Two player. I mean, you're talking about at least 12 games, playoff, uh, playoffs, maybe one <laughs> game or two. That's it. You know, not the 16, 18, 19 games a year. Man, I was tired. But you know what? It was quite an experience because we ended up doing it year after year. So I actually enjoyed it. I got used to it. I didn't say it anymore when we didn't go but, back to the Super Bowl. I was very when, when you when you when you when you said that that struck me so funny and I can totally see that from from the guys from some of the especially from the rookies that haven't played that many games because you played at Westchester you only played right. 10 games right and now you're playing 16 you're gonna wait a minute this, this is this is only week 10 why am I not stopping <laughs> Like, exactly. exactly. Everybody was asking me, Lee, you just seem like you're just like, I'm like, I'm trying to figure this out. Really? <laughs> We're still going. <laughs> I would be in a championship right about now. Right. But, you know what? I you, enjoyed it though. <laughs> I know you did. And it showed with the with the guys that you play with. Steve Young acted a fool, and I love that his emotions came out. I don't know which was better. When he said, take the monkey off my back during the Super Bowl or the uh, uh, victory lap he did at Candlestick Park against Dallas. I don't know which one was better. <laughs> I, I, think it was, I think it was both because let, let's take a look at it. That monkey was on his back for Dallas for yep. a while too. So yep. that was one monkey. So he had two monkeys on his back, but you know, he had to get the one off because they thought he would never win the Super Bowl and stuff and thought he wasn't the quarterback like Joe was, of course. You're right. But, he ended up showing that that's what he was. And he was saying, take the monkey off my back. But that was enjoyable for him because once again, we go back to how hard it is to actually win the Super Bowl. Yes. I know Kansas City, look at how long it took Kansas City to get there. And it takes that much time and it takes that much effort. And let me tell you something, when you play in the NFL, 
the factor is always, always, did I win a Super Bowl? Mm -hmm. Even though you may have Pro Bowls, even though you may be, be the best no. person on the team and they're get not, all these- They're not looking for the Pro Bowl or the All-Pro selection. They're looking for the Super Bowl rings. Correct. They're because looking for the Super Bowl rings. changes your life. It is something that changes your life. It is puts you in a unique class. It puts you in a class that says, I played this game to the highest level and I won the game at the highest level. Yep. Then you have people who's won like six, <laughs> you know, you have people like that. I wonder how they feel, you know, people winning five and four, how do they feel? You know, you've been there, but it's appreciative every time you get there yep. because you know how hard you work just to get there and how much sacrifice you go through, your family goes through, yes. not having holidays. And now I can tell you this much, this year when the guys go to the Super Bowl, it will be a year to be remembered because now they're getting the importance of the fans, mm -hmm. of how our fans really are important to us. We're getting how they are important, how they are a factor, what changes they make, how we enjoy playing in front of them, I know that's all becoming a factor. Now, I wonder next year, if COVID slows down and does the thing that it needs to do, if next year there's going to be where we just have the fan appreciation, where we're just appreciating our fans more than we've appreciated them before, yep. showing them that we're loyal to them, showing them that they mean a lot to us, players showing that they mean a lot to them. Because now, when you don't have them, I know they actually miss them. You yeah. miss jumping up in the stands and jumping up and and doing a hearing the crowd doing a, dance, doing a dance and waving yes. waving the crowd on and everything. Exactly. I tell you what, the two playoff games against the Vikings and the Packers, that's as loud as I've ever heard Levi Stadium. Yes. I've heard some loud crowds in Candlestick Park, legendary games against the Giants should tell you that. Legendary right. games against the Cowboys will tell you that. Yes. But Levi Stadium was off the roof. Yes. For and those two home playoff games. Those and those noise, everybody knows that noise is a factor. It it's is another, it's another factor. It's like having another player on the field. Of course, when you can't hear and you're standing right next to people and you're trying to yell the signal and you gotta look at your and you're like, do you hear me? You're giving all these hand signals. I'm telling you, that's a factor. Now yes. they have the noise, but guess what they said? You can only have that noise at so many decimals and then you got to make sure you tone it down. So it's not been tone a big it down factor nothing. this year, tell, but I tell, tell you Tell what, that to Seattle and everyone that plays. Tell that to Seattle and everybody that plays at an indoor stadium. They don't tone it down. They go up. Right. And that's what exactly. Levi And that's what Levi Stadium did. And I love it. And I love having you on. Lee Woodall, Thank Super Bowl so champion with the 49ers, talking all things 49ers with me. Man, it was a pleasure. And I hope you come back again. Always. You know, you always see me back. I appreciate it. We got more stuff for you, folks. Stick around. Snowman in the morning, back in a flash.